Welcome to the Back Pain Podcast with Rob and Dave, the only show geared specifically to help educate you about your back pain. We talk to the experts to bust the myths, break down the science, and give you all the top tips for living pain-free. So, if you're driving to work, tidy in the house, or even laid up at home in pain, we have something for everyone. Welcome back, podcast family, to the Back Pain Podcast. Episode 68 today, me and Rob are talking MRIs. What is the big problem with MRIs? We have a nice in-depth discussion between the two of us about our feelings and musings on MRIs. It's a subject we've touched on quite a few times before, but always worth a listen, especially for those in our various support groups who are often asking the questions, do I need an MRI? Should I get an MRI just in case? Why won't I get given an MRI when I ask for one? If these are questions that you've asked yourself before, this is the episode for you. As always, guys, check out our website, thebackpainpodcast.com. Um, and most importantly, check out our provider map. Now, the provider map is a fan pla- fantastic place for you to go and have a look for an accredited, a back pain a po- a podcast accredited practitioner in your area. That's someone that's within our family, someone that we know, like, and trust to look after you with your best interests in mind. That is the provider map on the backpainpodcast.com. A great resource for anyone who's looking to reach out for some practical manual help episode 68 guys let's take it away me and rob chat mris let's do it hello all and welcome back to the mini series as dave did said in our intro this week we're talking all about mris now dave mris have got a bit of a bashing recently you know a lot of people have got questions about why they why can't they just get an mri you know what's the issue why are people hesitant about mris is this about money is this about problems in healthcare circles, they've had a bit of a bashing around, you know, they've been blamed for increased risk of surgeries, increased risk of, you know, long-term chronic pain, all this all this thing. So what's going on? You know, why is there a problem with MRIs? Well, let's take it from the top and say there is no problem with an MRI. An MRI on its own is a fantastic diagnostic tool. It's the gold standard in diagnostics for many conditions and many things. Um, it's not the MRI itself, but it's the reporting or lack of reporting of these images to patients. Um, and I think that's where the, the, the problem comes. So the MRI in itself is not at fault. It's the presentation or lack of presentation, proper presentation anyway, towards the patient. Would you agree, Rob? Oh, yeah, 100%. And that's what people, you know, the MRI is, is, is an inert thing. You know, and you've used that phrase before. You know, you could sense from an MRI. An MRI by itself is not going to make a patient worse. It is the interpretation of that MRI that potentially can lead to someone not improving as they would like. I think it's the, you know, how people want to explain it. But this often get, kind of gets lost in translation. It's not really explained that way. And people just get told, no, you don't need an MRI. And that's kind of, it gets shut down there. And it's it's quite hard to understand that, isn't it? That's it. And and then that's when people worry about, oh, well, is it budgetary? Is it is because it I'm a pain? Is it because you don't want to find out what's going on? I mean, the problem is that an MRI is going to actually show everything that's under the skin, which, which might sound good. Let's not forget, these are fantastic bits of kit here. 
However, most people walking around will likely have something on a scan that could be wrongly blamed for their pain. Even if people don't have pain, it's been found that they have um, uh, symptoms or they've got things going on underneath which could explain possible pain. So there are people walking around out there with slight disbulges, with degenerative changes in their spine, and they don't even have pain. Therefore, if we start regularly standardized MRIing everyone that walks in through the door, we'll end up attributing some um, normal age type related factors with pain and we start going down the wrong route we start using the wrong tips and tricks to send us down the rabbit hole oh now oh go on Rob. i was gonna say 100 um, that's exactly it yeah, this is it. Now, look, the radiologists that are taking and then reporting on these MRIs are super skilled. They will find absolutely everything that's on those images and they will write that down in a report so that that can be later correlated to your findings. But that's the key there, Rob, the correlation to your findings. It has to match what you've walked through the door of that practitioner with as well. So a lot of that information isn't actually relevant. It doesn't matter as such and doesn't actually contribute to that overall pain um, uh, pain presentation. So it can lead us on a wild goose chase. It can make us things think that things are worse than they actually are. And it's not a great place to leave patients in if it's not properly explained and not properly correlated with all the other findings. Exactly. And I think that's the key thing which you've just said there is the correlation with the other findings. And there'll be people sat here listening going, yeah, but you know, shouting at the, their, their AirPods or whatever they're listening to us on going, yeah, but <laughs> an MRI diagnosed me and an MRI, you know, diagnosed my problem. And, you know, because of that, I had surgery and I'm now better or I had an injection and I'm now better or they knew where to treat. And that's fantastic. And that's, we're not saying mm. that's a problem. But what actually is happening is an MRI is correlated with your presentation, with your exam findings, with all of the symptoms that you've got then looked an MRI and it's come up with the best likelihood explanation of your pain. And that is what's happening. We're not kind of looking at a whole MRI and going, there's your pain right there. You know, an MRI doesn't show pain. It just shows everything that's kind of going on, on going on under the skin, as you said. And I think a really good way to think about this is a story which I have with a patient who, um, and I think I've said it on the podcast before, a lady who came to to see me and th this is an X-ray rather than MRI, but it's a very similar, similar idea. She was a uh, an elderly lady who stepped off a curb and jarred her back. And it's a very common presentation, a very common way that um, particularly elderly, elderly people or people with osteoporosis can get small fractures of the spine mm. or so-called so compression fractures or insufficiency fractures often called. So it's very normal that you might x-ray someone like this who's had back pain after a presentation like this. So she saw the GP, the GP x-rayed her. She went away for a week. Pain was getting better. She then rang the surgery for however long later, say a week later for, for her results. And she spoke to a different GP to give her her results who wasn't fully aware of the story, wasn't fully aware of what happened. She just said, can I have my X-ray results? The GP has then read them out over the phone and said, oh yeah, it looks like you have some arthritis in your spine. And that's what he said to her, you mm -hmm. know, probably because, you know, she was late 70s and everybody who's late 70s will have some, you know, arthritis, also called normal <laughs> age-related yeah. change in the spine. And she then comes to see me and says, and I say, what happened? You know, tell me your story. And she said, well, I stepped off a curb and it gave me arthritis. And that is an example of attributing findings on MRI, but not taking into account the whole story. And, you know, she's mm. just one of many patients who 
have had their MRI report read to them, given, you know, had a printout of their MRI report, just had it, you know, given to them by a receptionist, whatever it might be, and they've not had the time to explain it. Whereas, you know, if you'd seen the GP who had referred her, he could have said, yeah, you have a normal spine for your age. There's no fractures like we were trying to rule out. So it's perfectly healthy. Go and carry on with some exercise. Go and see someone if he tells in pain. They can help you manage it. And it is a completely different ideology. Whereas if you're telling her that she has arthritis, she doesn't, she might, she doesn't understand what arthritis means. You know, most people don't, you know, how would they know? It's our job to know what that is, not, not you know, not, not members of the public. So she doesn't know mm. what that means. You know, you don't know what her relationship with arthritis with arthritis is. She might have a family member with, say, rheumatoid arthritis, which is a much more serious condition and can cause a lot of pain. So as soon as you say the words arthritis, you know, that triggers a lot of this kind of, oh, I remember my mother having rheumatoid arthritis and she was in pain for a lot of, a long time. So you can kind of trigger a lot of problems when these things aren't explained properly. And as I said, you know, if, if you're a patient listening to this, would you rather hear you have a normal spine? It's just sore. Or would you rather hear, you know, you have severe spinal degeneration, even though 70% of people your age also have the same, you know, air quotes findings? Which one would you rather hear? Which one kind of empowers you to do more exercise and get moving? And which one makes you feel pretty weak and pretty vulnerable? And, you know, you want to curl up at your shadow and not do very much. Absolutely. And it's that it has to be a collaboration, as we said, with, with all those other findings. So that diagnosis um, was almost not meaningless, but it, it didn't contribute to her getting better right you've got some some degenerative changes some arthritis well so what this is not a, an acute condition that's brought on by stepping off the curb so actually it was detrimental to her overall um experience exactly and you know you don't as you, when you look at that history she's had two weeks of pain after stepping off a curb you know yes we're not saying that you know arthritis can't cause pain but in that kind of in that time frame that's not how it presents so these histories, these exam findings are taken into account with the MRI findings, X-ray findings to come up with the best likelihood of pain. And even then, it is, you know, it is what we call a working diagnosis. You know, very rarely are we, one, no, no doctor, expert, physio, chiro, osteo is going to say this is 100% the cause of your pain the vast majority of the time. Because, you know, these things are still working diagnoses. We, we work towards it. We give you an idea of what's causing the pain. Pain is also very complicated. And we do our best to manage it and help you understand it. That's our role. Absolutely. And look, the the initial part of that was was spot on. You know, whoever ordered that initial x-ray for your patient there, Rob, it wasn't the x-ray's fault because they were checking for a spinal fracture. Now, if there was a spinal fracture present, that would be a very different outcome for it. And they were doing due diligence to check. But there wasn't that closing of the loop. It was used inappropriately by the end of it. There wasn't that checking at the end to say, hey, like you said, there's no fracture there. Fantastic. There's some normal changes, but I would expect to find normal changes. We have haven't found the big scary thing we were looking for now's the time to start moving it, the, the first half might have been good and well-intentioned but the second half was lacking and that caused that overall negative experience exactly and then you never know what would happen how many patients then fall through the cracks who then don't come and see someone like us who then they go home and they then you know for a better phrase retreat into their shell they might think oh well i've got arthritis now so i better stop playing tennis i better get some help putting the bins out i better you know, not do much. And then they then deteriorate very quickly because of that. And they end up in this vicious cycle of not moving, pain becomes worse, you know, and they go into that downward spiral as opposed to in that upward mm. spiral that, that we would, you know, try and create in a patient who comes to see us. So, you know, the knock-on effects can be hugely detrimental. You know, how many patients do we see who have been told from their teenage years 
never to pick up anything heavier than a bag of shopping. You know, it seems to be what orthopedic surgeons used to say to patients 50 years ago. So we have patients now <laughs> yeah, who, have, yeah, yeah. who have never picked up anything for heavier than, you know, a, a bag of flour, a bag of shopping, a bottle of wine, these, these phrases for the last 50 years, you know, and it's mm. a lifelong effect because of this. And, you know, this is why, this is why what we do is so important. And the message that we're trying to spread is so, so important. Absolutely. Those words have to be chosen carefully and that presentation has to be chosen carefully as well to make sure we've got a positive outcome. And look, this explanation, this podcast today is not to completely dismiss the use of MRIs. Not at all. They're an incredibly important part of our medical diagnostic sort of um, uh, team. But it's about considering how we report those findings to patients, being careful with how we disseminate that data, with how we explain what's going on and making sure we do bloody explain it and not just leave it to the patients to Google what degenerative change is because they might go down the wrong side of things. Exactly. And then I think the other side of the coin is patients who come to see us and they ask, well, shouldn't I just have an MRI just in case? And that's a really hard question to answer as as therapists because you know and this is us you know shooting the shit but you know what really happens is we sit here and go what if we have missed something you know and there's always going to be rare one in a million things that you know we could potentially miss and you know i agree that you know that that can happen and no one's going to say that that never happens and no one is right 100 of the time and that's a really hard situation and it's a hard question for us to answer really i think in that and the way i explain it to patients is we know from our assessment and that's what all medical professionals are very good at is taking a history and doing an exam to rule out what we call red flags and a large part of any therapist training whatever their title is is about making sure they're safe to practice we people often think it's about those the hands-on skills or the rehab skills or all these type of things or the you know fancy medical terms when actually the bottom line is it comes down to you are safe to practice so when a patient walks into the door and they have that, you know, it's that one in a thousand case, that one in a million case. We know that this is something serious and this patient needs to go elsewhere now. That is what we are assessed on, that we are safe to, that we're safe to assess. And that's what we're very good at. We're very good at knowing when something is serious. So that is what we fall back to that, you know, we say to patients, you have nothing alerting me that anything is serious. You know, what we call these red flag signs. If people were presenting with these serious red flag signs, then that's when we refer elsewhere. That's when we consider imaging and, you know, that's when the kind of the ball starts rolling in the opposite direction. But I often say to patients, you know, a bit like you said earlier, the issue with having an MRI just in case is that at the moment, you know, the likelihood is there's nothing seriously wrong. However, if you go down the line of having an MRI, we know that most people walking around have something that could probably be blamed on their pain. And then that, if that's not explained well, it can add confusion, trigger potentially unnecessary procedures. And also what we forget is it can give a very structural explanation of the pain and we know that pain is very very rarely due to a single structural cause you know pain is very very multifactorial most people as they age will have you know ages that will show ages on their spine much like we will do on our skin you know we've both had kids in the last 18 months i'm sure we have far more wrinkles on our skin than we did than we did you know however long ago and it just means that we've used our skin you know so if you want a perfect spine don't use it. Go and lie down. You know, don't don't move it. That's the only place you get a textbook spine. It's kind of in a textbook, isn't it? So, it just means that you've used your spine if it shows some signs of aging. That is normal. It doesn't mean it's a you know a sign of a of a huge problem. Yes, yeah, so you can have many many of these signs of aging, and absolutely zero zero pain, and that should be a really confidence booster. You know, just because you've been told you have some changes on the spine, 
on your spine. I say spine, knee, hip, shoulder, neck, ankle. That doesn't mean that you're going to have pain or will always have pain or there's always going to be a problem there. So that should be a confidence booster for a lot of people. Absolutely. Um, so, look, and every time we do talk about this, uh, Twitter lights up afterwards. So, you know, the, the I've had an MRI and it diagnosed my condition brigade or I like MRIs. Um, and that's great. However, I mean, I'd argue that an MRI did not diagnose your condition, a collaboration of history and test findings. And yeah, finally, an MRI helped to seal the deal and diagnose your condition, but it's a collaboration more than anything. Um, it's the exam findings, the tests, and everything else. An MRI isn't helpful by itself. Uh, Rob, you've got an awesome um, uh, way of explaining that. Oh, is this a uh, yeah? Uh, David Poulter, Pol- Poulter, yeah, uh, yeah. Who was on our, on our show back in I think episode thirty-four? Discs don't slip episode, which is a brilliant episode, um, all about discs and the anatomy of discs and what actually happens to a disc bulge and all that all that jazz, which is a really fascinating episode. But he said. You know, looking at MRI without taking into account the kind of the exam findings and, and everything else going on. He said it's like looking at a wedding photo and asking who the drunkest guest is. Although you might have a rough idea, it's pretty hard to be to be certain. You have to take in the whole situation, the environment, all the other factors, and then you can make an educated guess. You know, even then you might be wrong, but that's it. And I really like that example. Mm-hmm. I've used that with a couple of patients recently, looking at that wedding photo, which one's the drunkest? Yes, you might be right. You might not be right. And that's kind of you know a, a, a really good analogy, I think. That's it. There might be there might be someone who's just asleep. There might be a few red herrings in there. However, if you get four collaborated stories from different wedding guests, a bar tab signed by one single person, <laughs> and a little bit of um, uh, and you were able to go and poke each one of those person in the face and see which one was <laughs> drunkest, and then finish with that picture. Yeah, of course. Again, that collaborative effect, joined up dots, will give you what you need to. Um, so MRIs, yeah, they're useful when used with the right patient and at the right time as part of that collaborative diagnostic effect or, or diagnostic aim. Yeah. Um, so before we get shouted at again, we are not dismissing the use of MRIs. Look, they're incredibly useful. And of course, there's an appropriate time and place for using them. Should we, um, it's probably worth mentioning red flags as well, you know, which is the other consideration. We spoke a little bit of red flags, but you know, Red flags are, are the signs that that as therapists, clinicians, doctors are looking for to indicate that there might be something more serious. And those are things which we've got a whole episode just on red flags and signs of serious low, low back pain. So we don't need to go over all of them. But, you know, it's a sign that there might be something serious going on. And that is when these things start to arrive, then that's an indication that we might need some imaging. And that is, again, just to rule out anything. So just because you have what a doctor might refer to as a red flag, that doesn't mean you necessarily have something serious. It just means that it raises that suspicion slightly, raises that what we call that index of suspicion that there might be something more serious going on. And they just want to have a check to rule out that it's not. And I think that's kind of the best way of looking at it. It's not You're not referring someone from MRI to confirm that they got something scary. It's usually just to rule it out and make sure that they don't so then you can continue treating as you would do before. So where, where do you stand on self-referrals Dave because I know you get a lot of there's a lot of clinics now where they're pop-up clinics or little private imaging clinics which they advertise you know complete back pain imaging you know report same day 199 you know MRI scan self-refer you don't need a GP or a doctor or a chiro to refer you where do you stand on that well it's an interesting one I mean 
we aren't able to self-refer as lay members of the public um, for an X-ray because it involves X-ray radiation. You know, you can't. You could otherwise you could walk in and get fifty X-rays and glow green afterwards. However, MRIs were always sort of out of reach because they were their expense, and it wasn't really ever thought to offer them directly to the public. But the last five or maybe ten years, but mostly about the last five years, it's becoming really common to have, like I said, those imaging centres. Hey, come on in, have an image of whatever you fancy. I wouldn't mind it so much if it came with not just the diag- uh, the diagnostic report. So what will happen is you'll you'll get the MRI. You can actually get an MRI without a report. There's places that will do it and you have to pay extra for the report. You can just have an MRI and have a picture because it's it's not going to do any detriment the physicality of having an MRI. You know, it doesn't make you glow green afterwards. It doesn't pump you full of x-rays or or change your structures in any way. You can have 10 a day if you really fancy it. It's not a very fun afternoon, I'll be honest for you. <laughs> as someone who's had a few MRIs over the years. Um, so you, you can go and get yourself an MRI without even a report. I mean, I'm not quite sure what you say is, to be quite honest. Um, but then you, you'll get the report. Now, the report is a radiologist radiologist report. This is a really specialist uh, profession who are absolutely screaming hot at being able to detect everything on that MRI. But chances are you're going to find a few things under on that MRI that either might have nothing to do with your condition might have something looking similar to your condition, but actually change nothing at all. And yeah, there might be whatever's causing it on that MRI. But they're not going to relate that to your symptomology. They're not going to relate that to how you're feeling. You might find it's on the opposite side to what you're looking at, the sem- uh, the segment above to where you should be looking. And you might start blaming that uh, otherwise relatively normal age-related or, or usage-related change to what's going on with you. So, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of just going off for a self-referral MRI. I think that the image is great and sometimes... If your ideal is to have that MRI and then pass it on to your practitioner or pass it on to your surgeon, if you're trying to skip the queue on the NHS, I guess I can see the benefit in that. But just to get that MRI, read that very highly technical report, which has got a lot of stuff that might seem quite scary and a bit um, uh, a bit negative to the average uh, person who's not got that medical background, I can't see the benefit in that, Rob. I don't know where that, um, that good's going to come from. Yeah, 100%. And that also goes, I think, we see a lot of, a lot recently kind of on support groups and Facebook pages, people posting photos and MRI and saying, what should I do? Should I get surgery? You know, should I have an injection? Mm. Is this fixable? All these questions. And it's just one, one picture of one slide of an MRI, just one slice of your body with no symptoms, no history, no exam findings, no nothing. And then you get people underneath saying, yeah, that's my, that looked just like mine. You know, I think you should have mm. surgery. And not only are these kind of not taking into account this patient's history, they're not even medical professionals advising this, you know, underneath. So it's a bit of a, of a, <laughs> vicious, of a vicious cycle and it can be quite dangerous. You know, people recommending surgery to other lay peoples and, you know, oh, this won't get better unless you have surgery and people and patients can take this to heart and be, then be in a very vicious circle of, oh, but that patient didn't get better and his MRI looked just like mine. And and as you said, that disc bulge, you know, might look very bad on MRI. You know, it might look awful. You know, your spine might look Mm. horrific on an MRI scan. It might have looked like that for 30 years and you haven't had any pain for 30 years. You know, that disc bulge might have been there for 15 years and you've only had pain for the last two months. You know, these things don't always happen acutely. So, you know, there's so much to take into account there. So I would always 
warn against posting photos online and asking for opinions um, and also commenting on other people's unless you kind of know that full kind of situation. You know, it's always good to kind of ask questions. And if, yes, people posting stuff online, of course, you're going to wonder. But, it, you know, whether that's a self-referral from MRI or that's people being given copies of their images, it's kind of the same picture, really. You know, it's either way, it's people getting access mm. to their images and their reports which is totally understandable and i would want to be that in that same situation and see my own images and my scans but you know we only do that with imaging we wouldn't do that with blood tests you know it's not common that people post their blood test results online and ask for opinions about that you know it's only it's very much it's about imaging you know we put a lot of emphasis on that structural diagnosis of imaging and we know that pain is so so more complicated than that it's very rarely just a structural cause absolutely look at last week's episode pain does not equal uh damage oh, yeah. or damage does not equal pain your mri is not exactly indicative of how you should be feeling so steve from luton who's commented underneath your mri that's exactly like mine and i had to have surgery that's going to put you in a really negative place it might be nothing comparative to theirs um the the slightest millimeter left or right on these images can be the difference between searing pain and nothing at all so if you're in our, our um, Facebook support group, actually, the Back Pain and Sciatica Support Group UK, um, you might find that often we, we shut that conversation down relatively quickly. Hey, look, take this image and take it to your therapist, take it to your doctor rather than looking online. I often feel like we're, we're quite curt with that, but it's not us being mean. It's because we know that you're probably not going to get the best quality advice on a Facebook forum. That's not what it's for. Exactly. And then we know that from experience, these patients can then have negative consequences because of it and that's not what we're about in a support group you know of course the, i think the issue is is people are trying to help you know they're they're, they're trying to give advice mm -hmm. and that's a what support groups are for they're trying to give reassurance and help but ultimately that can have longer term consequences negative consequences which we're trying to avoid so that's why we shut down Absolutely. these shut down these conversations really so self-referrals not ideal for us. However, if you do self-refer and get an MRI, do not read the report out loud. Do not Google it. It'll have yeah. weird stuff in it. And you might um, you might come up with a negative um, uh, negative mindset around it. Take it to your therapist. Take it to your practitioner. Take it to your GP or surgeon. They will explain it with as much appropriate vigor as it requires. Do not guess. Perfect. So that wraps up episode two of our mini series on what everyone should know about back pain. Now, this episode, as we said, was all dedicated to MRIs. I hope you've enjoyed it. Now, as always, if you've liked this episode, if you got anything useful from this episode, please share it with a friend, colleague, family member, anyone who you know is suffering or needs to hear this information. If you are a medical professional and you have learned something from this episode, please Share it with your colleagues, share it with people in your clinic, share it with your patients, post a photo of the episode on your Instagram and remember to tag us at the Back Pain Podcast. It means the world to us that people are listening, paying attention and sharing it. We love it. We love seeing it, don't we, Dave, when people uh, share, our, share our episodes online. It really, really means a lot. Uh, there's no greater compliment that you can pay to us, guys. So yeah, thank you. Fantastic. And But oh, there is one great compliment. If you are really enjoying what, what we do, you can go to our website and you can buy us a coffee. There is a buy us a coffee button, which is the bright yellow button right down at the bottom. And you can buy us a coffee. I think we're currently at two coffees. So uh, thank you very much Fantastic. to the two people who have, uh, I think one might have been my dad. So thanks for that. But uh, <laughs> this is a good putter. But seriously, that's it from us. Thank you everyone for listening. Take care and have a lovely rest of your weekend. Bye.